Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. two chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm the hunk this time. One hunk this Hunt time. to the left. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How cool are we? Uh, the coolest. Do you guys, do you mind if I have a turn? I'd love that. Like, I don't know if you, <laughs> do you have any more to say? I want to give you space right here. No, I'm good. Okay. Are, are we ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm Doge. Everybody hunk yeah. your hands. It's <laughs> I'm Doge, and if you want to get chunky, we can get chunky. <laughs> Sorry for I'm laughing Carter. like Scooby-Doo. I'm Carter, and I <laughs> I thought about uh, reading this entire one. Well, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm definitely not doing that. People who read long quotes for this part uh, do Carter, suck. do you not have your phone on night mode? Like dark night mode? mode? What is You're night dark, mode? You're not a dark mode boy? I don't know how to do that. He just got an iPhone. Wait, I'm, you don't have the IMDb app, do you? You're on the website. I uh, no, that's the app. That sounds that's like impossible. he's covering. That sounds like he's covering. That's up. impossible. No, it's not the app. No, it's definitely the app. Mm. I'm Carter, and <laughs> Yo, no. who are you people? We're a chunkins. Ch- chunkins. 
Americhunks is what I should have said. A chunkins? I'm just throwing off. A chunkins execution. Sorry. Americhunks. This is the app. Seems like it. How do I do night vision? Night vision. Uh, you're going to go… This is good. This is good for everybody actually, I yeah. think. Let's go everybody to… listen up. Settings. Mm-hmm. You're going to open up settings and then you're going to open settings up… IMDB settings or phone settings? No, 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 no. Phone settings. Okay. You're going to open up your phone settings. You're going to go to <laughs> I display. I caught myself looking at my phone like my parents were. Display and brightness. <laughs> and then at the top where it says appearance, you got light and dark. Wait, wait. This is too… You're going too fast, kiddo. Okay, great. Dark. You're going to go ahead and hit dark. Yeah, it's, it's yep. infinitely better. It's way everywhere. better. It's way better. Listen, everybody, be on dark mode. The other thing that you should know is oh, what we, like dark we'd also like to know is why is Jordan the hunk? Well, I, I had a different reason, but I feel like it should be for opening up the eyes of Carter and everyone else to the, the beauty Open of dark mode. Open the eyes of my heart, Jordan. I thought it was going to be open the eyes of my Phil. dark mode, but that was… It's all good. It was just Listen, I'm Phil a little Collins, bit today. Peter Gabriel. Okay. Thanks for that prog rock version of that song. <laughs> it's not that far off. Uh, I'm the hunk because I made uh, my first batch of chili of the season. Ooh. Um, it was delicious. For those of you that don't know Jordan well, that was a big poop. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. Every fall season. <laughs> yeah, once, once, once a year. No, I made a, a big old crock pot of chili. I'm a crock pot chili guy. Let okay. those flavors really get to know each other. Okay. Um, simmer together. Mm-hmm. Um, now, typically, I'm making chili with ground turkey mm-hmm. um, for the healthy. Yeah, good for you. And sure. I like to get a little experimental, but this time I did not because we made chili for a friend that was coming to dinner. So I wanted to go as straight down the middle as possible with this Traditional. One. Let them know yeah. where your chili is give yeah. Them, give them a baseline. You um, gotta establish a baseline if you're ever gonna deviate. But I re- so I'm, we are a we are a Fritos under our chili kind of a family. So Fritos in the bowl first, chili over top in the middle. But it's okay. not Frito pie. I mean, that at that point, Frito it probably pie. technically that is. is but it's, I mean, we made chili. Okay, I turned it into Frito pie, but I made chili. Sure. Right. Um, but I discovered last year that the jalapeno Fritos are really really excellent. Huh. Hmm. With chili, so that's what that's, that's what I was. That's partaking the thing in. that. So I'm a I'm a rice under chili kind of boy. Never uh, rice. Yeah, yeah. Never. It's very good. Never. Very, just trust me on that. I've I had one. Tr- I mean, I trust you. I want a chili cook off with it. So I mean, let's. I, I don't care if you guys think so. Was Obviously, it at a enough, church. Enough people. It was definitely at a church. I'm not going to answer that question. At a church. Chili cook off. Church people know about chili special. I'm not going to answer that question. But the thing that, that… You just probably had a really clever name. What was your chili called? I didn't… Chili. It was Doge's Chili. You don't get to name it? It's just Doge's Chili? Never I mean, mind. I probably could have named it. It must have, been a, good, it, it must have been a good chili. It's a good chili. I'm good at making chili. You are. You're a good cook. I'm good at making chili. You're a good cook. You're a good cook. The thing that, that, that really frustrates me about my good friend Jordan… Is that? Oh, I already he, know what you're gonna say. Is that he puts wild chips on stuff yeah. at all times? Any food that you cook for him or he cooks for himself—that's no, not true—is subject <laughs> to a totally wild sandwiches and chili. A totally wild chipping. Sandwiches. And I made. Chili I made chili. <laughs> I made chili one time and shared it uh, with. It was me and my wife, Jess, and Jordan and Callie. And I made some chili and we shared it. And Jordan was like, dude, this is good chili. But you know what would honestly make it better? 
some lime Doritos Takis and put it in there. And the thing that sucks is how much better that made the chili. (laughs) Doge was furious. I was so mad. I was like, like, I promise, dude, this slaps. And he was like, no way. And I was like, just try a little bit. And he did. And then he like didn't talk to me for like 30 (laughs) minutes. You haven't had a good grilled cheese until you've had it with cinnamon Funyuns. Now hear me out. Excuse me? I'm just giving like a random example of like (laughs) cinnamon Funyuns. I just wanted to come up with a random chip. You have to go to jail now. (laughs) Cinnamon Funyuns is terrible. (laughs) Actually, hang on. Wouldn't cinnamon Funyuns just basically be the cinnamon twist from Taco Bell? Yes, they would. Same texture and everything. Interesting. It's exactly the same. You act like I carry around fun size snack bags of chips so that I can add them to any food. Listen, look, hang on. Look in your camera and tell me you wouldn't do that. Only if I was making impromptu sandwiches or chilies. For my birthday, which happened about a week ago, we were going to host, we did end up hosting a bunch of people. We changed our plan for food, but we were going to do chili. And it's the kind where you just put it in the fun size bag of Mm -hmm. Fritos and just eat it out of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So we ordered the chip box and didn't end up doing chili. So now we have… 48 so fun-sized bags of Fritos, which is not a bad thing. I feel like we're just ready. I don't During know how to chili explain season, it. yeah. It's not a bad thing at all. At the State Fair a couple of weeks ago, this is the last chili thing. We've been talking about chili for a minute. At the State Fair a couple of weeks ago, I had a deep-fried Frito pie, which was among the best fair foods I've oh, ever had. Oh, I had that too. Mm-hmm. It basically it's looks like good. a… It's, it's like, like a taquito, basically. Like an egg roll. Yeah. Like a flauta. Yeah. It was Ooh, you guys. Yeah, it was so very But it tasted like it was gonna rip up on the way out. Yeah, I think the portion oh, yeah. was perfect. I think if yes. there was any more of it, I would have been like maybe puke. But yeah. Maybe for what puke. I had, it was good. <laughs> maybe puke. Who knows? In um, spite of all this fall talk though, it is still, at least on our podcast, it's still technically it's it's October 33rd. What season do you think Halloween happens during? Well, there's the crispy, there's the there's the spooky fall and crispy fall. Mm-hmm. Right? Crispy mm-hmm. fall is November mm-hmm. and the beginning of December. Sure. But spooky fall is the month of October. And here on our podcast, it's October 33rd. Yes. Yes, it is. It's October 33rd because uh, we are wrapping up Chunktober 2 with your... Our dear listener, your first place vote, the movie you most wanted collectively to hear us talk about. It won by a country mile. Sure did. And that movie is Us. Us. And if we're going to talk about it, which I intend to, I'm going to need for Doge to synopsify me. It's the final IMDb scare-nopsis of the year. Hmm. And this one is written by Jesus Black-30225. Okay. I think that's Jack Black's more holy brother. Mm-hmm. In order to get away from their busy lives, the Wilson family takes a vacation to Santa Cruz, California, with the plan of spending time with their friends, the Tyler family. On a day at the beach... Their young son, Jason, almost wanders off, causing his mother, Adelaide, to become protective of her family. Sorry, real quick. He does, in fact, wander off. There's no almost. almost. He does wander but off. But he almost, he almost does, and then he almost. does. And then he does. He almost, he almost does first, then he does does after. <laughs> that night, 
Four mysterious people break into Adelaide's childhood home where they're staying. The family is shocked to find out that the intruders look like them, only with grotesque appearances. The end. What? That's the end of the synopsis? That's it. (laughs) I also am pretty sure it's not her childhood home. I'm pretty sure it's like a vacation home. Right? Am I wrong? I thought it was her childhood home. Is it? Okay. I'm pretty sure she grew up there. Because she Could finds like a mystery. box of her old stuff and she's got the ballet room. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But you know what? She never had a tree house. It was the valet room the whole time. Dang. And that's, dang. A good, that's a good solid reference to the episode we've definitely already recorded. <laughs> yeah. It, it's already done for sure. It's, def- it's definitely it. happened. Uh-huh. Um, here's the thing. This movie had… Everything going against it, I feel like being like a follow-up movie after Get Out, which is arguably it's a pretty like weird sequel. The yeah, most yeah, it's, it's super weird. I didn't see Chris anywhere, but just like coming after one of the most critically acclaimed horror movies of recent memory, being Jordan Peele's follow-up, and I feel like this movie gets a worse reputation than it deserves. I think so. Like yeah. it's it's rating on IMDb does not reflect the quality of the movie to me. I think it's certainly not perfect. Yeah, but of I course, think it it had to be perfect for people to say it is good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. I think that's what. Yeah. That's just that's so tough. To, uh, I was I I only bring this up because I'm just literally talking about like uh, media ecology and stuff in in a course that I teach and we talk about the like criticism and how much more of a player it is culturally just on so many fronts. I can't imagine like everyone gets to know how you feel about a movie. Like you don't have to talk. It's not water cooler talk anymore. So there's certain pressures that the Denis Villeneuve and Jordan Peele's of the world that their career only started, you know, a decade or less ago uh, have to go through. And I I can feel it as a movie watcher. I want it. I want to will the good things to happen. And yeah, people are harsh for sure. Yeah, but then I also feel like there is so I'll I'll give you an example. My grandmother-in-law, her name is Mimi, and mm-hmm. we love Mimi very much. She is great. Um that cruise that we went on was for Mimi's 80th birthday. Wow. And we found out after coming uh back from the cruise that Mimi watched us for the first time on the cruise <laughs> in 20-minute increments. From oh. a TV that was like about the size of a large iPad from the TV, TV speakers, had yeah. the captions on. She was just like, I heard Chris Nolan shooting a separate commercial just for Mimi yeah. saying, hey, this is don't how you're not this. supposed hey, to watch don't movies. Do yeah. And she had the gall to tell me that movie doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Like, well, Mimi, I don't think the way you watched it makes sense. She said, touche. Touche, she said. Yeah, I think that this is a much uh, a much more subtle metaphor than Get Out's metaphor. Yeah. It's a little less in your face with the exact spelled out, here's what I'm actually saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in some ways, for me, that's a win here. 
um, that it gets to live a little more in the mysterious and a little more in the strange. Yeah. Because it doesn't ever have to have a moment where it's like, and that is just like oppression. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Because it's about privilege. Right. Right. The the privileged class quite literally living above the the underprivileged class of folks. I, I will start it off with a super dump though. Okay. I do think, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And so though her formula was wrong, I think Mimi's conclusion is is at least a workable conclusion. Did you just call my grandmother-in-law a broken clock? Well, she's right twice a day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even. That's a, I'm more not, than me sometimes. Yeah, I'm that's not a good even point. a clock at all. I'm right zero times a day. <laughs> uh, but I think that there is probably a shred of truth in that this movie doesn't make sense because yeah. the explanation at the very end, when we go full, hey, here's exactly what happened. I lived off rabbits for years, and sometimes the up the upstairs people control the downstairs people, and sometimes the control link doesn't work, and sometimes it's clones. I think that stuff is pretty wholly unnecessary. Yeah. And I think the movie actually suffers for that. I think it's a much better movie if the whole time we're just like, where are these downstairs folk coming from? Yeah, right. I agree. And what if- everybody just sees a double of themselves. But the fact that we know like it started with clones, and so that doesn't make any sense at all because if they stopped the program, how are their clones of her kids? How are their clones of her kids? Like it's, which I mean, how did, I guess if two clones of the same people, but then that same sperm's not going to find the same egg, which is probably the first time we've ever gotten that clinical on this podcast <laughs> about Wii sports, but sure. you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> that, it's not going to result in her exact It's not going to find that tennis ball. Exactly. Nope. <laughs> nope. What if uh, in Jordan Peele's directing career, what if us happens first? And then get out. I don't know if it's too different on how people feel about him. It feels like people would think he's on the uptick. But Us yeah. wasn't so far down from Get Out that they already thought he was washed, you know? Right, right, Us, right. for me, you know, you talk about it not making sense. It's just to because Get Out made so much sense, in right, my yeah. opinion. Like, right. Get Out was like, oh my goodness, what a, we tied a bow. Like, we wrapped this one up. Exactly. And then with Us it ends up kind of being more like a traditional horror movie outside of all the craziness in there. Yeah. It's like we get maybe 30 minutes in and now it's just don't die, right? Yes. Which Mm -hmm. feels like most 80s, 70s horror movies. Sure. It's like a slasher movie, basically. It's like not caring whether or not uh, Halloween made sense. It doesn't need to make sense. It's here to have a fun chase experience. So that's that's what all the explanation at the end, whenever Red the real girl is explaining to Adelaide, the downstairs girl, like exactly what her plan has been. That feels like something that would have been in the sequel to a a great horror movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it feels like in 1980, we made us and it's just somehow there's more of us and we're trying to escape from our exact copies. Us too starts with a story about a mad scientist who made clones that he tried to, and it's like over explains the premise. Yeah. It just didn't, that's the part that didn't work for me. And that's, that's where I'm going to be team Mimi and say that part doesn't make sense. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of with you on this. Um, mostly I'm about 90% of the way in agreement with you in, in, in such a way that my super dump is also the over explanation of everything. Yeah. Um, but I, it's weird. I, and I think you're saying this too. I like the murkiness of the metaphor. Yes. Um, 
yeah. I think the metaphor works better if we don't like if we don't explain it because the metaphor as it stands now is a little muddied by the explanation of like there was a switch and somehow a, a underprivileged lived the life of a privileged. And no, I, I like that. I like that part being clear to us that they did switch places because I think that drives home the fact that the only difference between these two groups of people is where they grew up. Just yeah. because the, twist the fact that, that, that Red yeah. could come up top, become Adelaide and live a normal life shows that there's nothing different from her. It's just that she was underground and Adelaide was not. The explanation to get to that point, I think, makes very little sense. Sure. And then w- watching this movie, like this is my second time to see it. Uh, so watching this movie with that knowledge, much of Adelaide, much of much of upstairs Lupita's actions do not make sense with with that knowledge to me. How so? Unless upstairs Lupita, which is who I'm. It's so tricky, right? At, we're calling Adelaide the one who lived above ground, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't in my explanation just then, but I think that's the agreed nomenclature yes. for fans. Let's call movie. let's call the one who's a mom. Well, they're both moms. The main character is Adelaide. The villain Lupita is Red. Uh, much of Adelaide's actions, when confronted by Red, do not make sense unless we're supposed to read it as. Adelaide's afraid, afraid that Red is going to take her back downstairs. But then I think that's not quite the motivation that we're getting from the script from her at those various points. Oh, I read it as she completely has convinced herself that she is the one that lived upstairs the whole time. Oh, I did not. Yeah, I didn't either. She, so you're thinking she's just remembering that they switched like on the drive at the very end? I do. I can see that in the script. I think more often than not, there, that's when we have those moments where it's like, what is happening? It's right. clear in the script and it's clear to the actors on set. It's just something is lost in translating that visually. Mm. Um, but I think whether that's the intent or whether she knew all along, it needs to be a little more clear to me. Yeah. I think what's interesting in this conversation is that, again, Get Out has a massive influence. Uh, not necessarily a cloud. I don't think it makes this movie worse. But it there's a lot of movies that we have watched to where uh, I would pump the fact that it's open to interpretation. Sure. That, that yeah. I think it's fun artistically to have your own opinions about it. Uh, that kind of gives a little bit more of an afterlife to a movie and to a story. But I think because it was just so point A to point B and get out, yeah. uh, to have us be a little open-ended. Well, I think it falls just, right in the middle, right? Yeah. Like either either fully, fully like monologue to the audience and tell us exactly, exactly what happened or leave it completely open. But it's it feels like sort of the wrong amount of explanation. Yeah, I tried to do both. Sure. Yeah, a little sure. Bit. yeah I agree sure. with that. And it, it's, it's, it's a bummer because um, the ingredients of this movie are really fantastic. It just feels like, yeah. I don't know, it feels like um, the explanation doesn't belong. Yeah, that's why it's my super dumb. Yeah. I don't want to harp yeah. on it forever. That's why it's my super dumb. It's just the the explanation that we get is unsatisfactory to me. Because the premise is so good. Yeah. Of like just on vacation and then suddenly these exact doppelgangers of us minus our eyebrows come. Yeah, totally. And they're trying to kill us. Yeah. No explanation of the lack of eyebrows either. Which is... When you live underground, they fall off. They fall off. Yeah. They're, they're important to protect you from the sun's harsh rays. You ever seen a mole with eyebrows? That's a mm. good point. Interesting. Honestly, think before you speak. Not Obviously. Not in my day. I haven't. I'll tell you that right now. 
<laughs> Let's talk about some strengths of this movie for just yeah. a few minutes. Soundtrack rules. Soundtrack is very good. Yep. Winston Duke rules. <sighs> Winston Duke is my super pump. Really? Nice. I, we don't get enough Winston Duke. I was looking through his IMDb. Boy, hasn't done a whole ton of stuff. Yeah. The I stuff he's done, though, is crazy. Stuff he's done. He's a standout <laughs> ingredient in, right? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Winston Duke's whole entire vibe in this movie is probably my favorite thing about it. Because the whole time he is so dad. Yeah, very dad. Just unbelievably dad. I would watch a whole movie of just Winston Duke versus every doppelganger. <laughs> Winston right. Duke and the doppeldadders. A hundred percent. I'm completely in on that. Uh, when he's in the role, car and he's like, he's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I killed myself and I killed Josh. That's yep. two. That's two. <laughs> yeah, he's just great. He is. He is so... I don't know. There's some some sort of je ne sais quoi about him that is so unbelievably dad. Yeah. Just very yeah. dad. Um, this role feels like one that were he not the director, Jordan Peele himself would play. Totally. Uh, and I feel oh, like point. I feel like that's maybe why that role feels so magnetic to me is Jordan Peele is basically writing a role for his own strengths hmm. and then casting a surrogate Peele in yeah. it. Uh, but this this feels very tailored to Jordan Peele's own sensibilities as an actor. Almost tethered to it. Mm. Oh. Mm. Winston Duke is downstairs. Jordan Peele confirmed. <laughs> Jordan Peele, um, this movie, I think, in in a lot of ways is funny. Yeah. Funnier than Get Out was. Totally. Um, which is a huge strength for this vibe. Um, a lot of that humor absolutely comes from Winston Duke. A lot of it comes from Tim yeah. Heidecker, who is very funny as just the oh, well, worst funny. Douche, weird cast. Yeah. But he's so good at it. But it's his, great. It's perfect. When, yeah. when he is the other, when he's the tethered version of Josh and he's like stalking um, Winston Duke's character, whose name escapes me. Hold on. Gabe. Gabe. When he's stalking Gabe onto the boat and he's doing his like, like his whole like T-Rex thing. Like yeah. a one take. Uh, it's just it's like they just went with the first one. I'm sure they had a blast on this oh, set. I'm yeah, totally. Positive. Uh, Elizabeth Moss? Yeah. Is she just like, is she like Hollywood's number one for intense close-up face I think so. scenes? Mm -hmm. I think she's like, I'm a Scientologist, so yeah. your, your camera can get as close to my face as we want. I was going to say, it's all the Scientology flowing through her veins that keeps her. I didn't exactly. know she was a Scientologist. Yeah. Oh, that's why it is deeply ironic that she's, the titular handmaid whose tale we keep hearing of. <laughs> That's wild to me. I have yeah, no idea. But she really is fantastic. Um, yeah. And her... Yeah, she's always good. Her death scene felt like it was about to turn into Scary Movie 2 when that girl's <laughs> like, oh, did you kill... Or Scary Movie 1 when she's like, oh, did you kill me? Was it going to be like this? And she's like stabbing herself for the guy. Like the way she's yeah. crawling at them. Um, and then the joke with her saying, call the police, and then they play FTP. It's just, yep. that whole sequence is very funny and yes. very well done. And very scary with how quickly the tethered get into their house. Yeah. And it's yeah. just over. Yeah. Creepy, like, people just standing outside of your home is always going to spook me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought strangers. I thought all sorts of stuff. Now, okay, let me let me say this. Let me say this. I thought it was pretty dumb that 
The tethered lady's son was a dog, mostly. Yeah, that was a little a little weird. I don't get it. I think the I think the whole thing is that these humans have had nobody to uh, raise them, I which guess. makes it and even so they're, weirder. They're basically feral because they should all act the exact same. Yeah. So it is weirder that he acts like a dog because he's probably never seen one. So that's, but if we don't know anything about them, if we don't know their clones, don't know they have their own society, right. if it's just like suddenly these alternate versions of ourselves show I up, agree. that's better to me. I we agree. don't have that question there. I I am. I thought the kids did a really, really good job. I thought so as well. Big time. I was uh, honestly, the first time I watched it and this time too, pretty surprised at how well uh, each of their kids uh, are able to pull off both the the upstairs version and the downstairs version of themselves. Like they're both really good at being very scary and being very scared. Yes, mm-hmm. at the same time, and it's and I think it's just a pump in general of how Agreed. everybody in this cast basically has to play two roles. Yeah, it's Winston and, Duke, right? That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like he does such a good job, and we see his doppelganger first. Yeah, that I there was moments when I first saw this movie. This was my second time to see it as well, Doge. That I thought it was a different actor. Yeah. Like he was just the the face he chose to use. Uh, I thought it was the awesome. face, there the no eyebrows, like, the longer beard. Yeah. It's like you totally look like a different person. He and looks like his, bigger. The, he does, and like the things, like the the vocalizations. It's not even talking, I guess, but just yeah. like the like <clears throat> screams or whatever you want to call them that he does are just so unsettling. <laughs> yeah, very much. As far as just pure horror goes for me the two scariest scenes in this movie are the family standing in the driveway backlit by the streetlight yeah and then when um red finally sits down at the chair in the living room and her son comes over and like puts his head on her lap and she talks for the first time yes and tells the story there once was a girl you know that whole thing so i think so freaky yeah, it feels like that could have been the whole movie. It feels like we right. could have started with them in the driveway and the the very end of the movie is Red sitting down and talking for the first time. You're not saying it, literally opening credits. I'm not saying literally this movie is 20 minutes long. Yeah. Right, right. I'm saying like in some way, I think the whole story of this movie can be contained. There's a version of it in which it's that one night. Yeah. That they're spending running, hiding from their dog. Like if if John Carpenter made this movie 40 years ago. Right. And we wouldn't find out that it was happening to other people until they got to some place with electricity at the end. Exactly. And turned on the news and saw the line of people standing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That could be very interesting. Yeah. Who am I to tell Jordan Peele how to make a movie? Exactly. Like I'm I'm not trying to tell Jordan <laughs> Peele, hey, your movie about the metaphors of of class and privilege is uh, a little muddy. Maybe work on that a little bit. <laughs> Ask yourself, what would John Carpenter do maybe next time? Yeah. Why don't you try to copy a good director? Just see if you could do that for me. <laughs> no, it, it, it is tough because, especially with somebody like Jordan Peele, who is doing this genre-specific stuff and is coming out of the gate swinging so hard, it is almost impossible to have a discussion about us without talking about Get Out as well. Yeah. Just because... He has taken two swings at the virtually the same genre and they have come off the bat drastically different flavors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like 
So we haven't technically had a third Jordan Peele movie, have we? No. Right. Right. Everything else has been like He executive produced Candyman. The third one is on its way. And I feel like, so here's my super dump, and it's going to be really hard to reference where it happens in the movie or just fully explain it. But I feel like Jordan Peele was a little bit too high on Jordan Peele in in this movie. Um, There was like, uh, and it has nothing to do really with showing the, you know, monkey paw production and like referencing back to get out. But even when you read the trivia and stuff about the movie, there were moments that I was like, is that, is that referencing get out? Not that it's supposed to be a shared universe, but it's like, is that the point? And here's the thing too. I know that Jordan Peele really respects Hitchcock. And there's a lot of like Hitchcockian things about kind of like, I thought you said Hancock at first. No, 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 no. The Will Smith movie? No. Wow. Yeah. I was like, that's his favorite? That's weird. There would would be like nods to certain things or there's like, uh, oh, that just feels like such a Spielberg shot. Or like if there's kids, it's Spielbergian, you know, things like that. Sure. So it it still feels like, you know, we've got a sophomore movie here. And I I kind of remember that because he felt like he was leaning so much on what he did in Get Out, which I feel like he could just come in here with a clean slate and, and do his own thing. But how could it not be on your mind, right? right. It's like a empathetic super dump here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I my super dump is just how much, and it's completely separate from, because I do like the love letter to so many horror movies that came before. Sure. I feel like that's something he didn't really get to do in Get Out, and he wanted to be able to do that in Us, because there's so many references to like, just culture in general, but especially like The Shining because we've got the twins yeah, uh, and the invasion of the body snatchers and all sorts of stuff. But it just feel like th- there was too much of a, a totally. Jordan Peele fan club. And when the person who is at the helm of the movie is the head of that fan club, it kind of feels a little bit icky to me. But yeah, I can see I that. Know. That's why I think the third one is going to just be, I would imagine that was going to be one of his best. I, I, I think that's that out of three, but retroactively, us will be seen as a bit of a sophomore slump for yeah, Jordan Peele. But I re- I do stand by. I think it gets a worse rep than it deserves from a lot yeah, of like same. critics. I just I I agree that I do not think it is as strong as Get Out or hopefully as what's it called? Yeah. Nope. It's called Nope. Yeah. The three leads are Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Steven Yoon, which is fine. That's a freaking great cast. Yeah. I'm super psyched about that. If I have to watch it, I guess I will. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty fantastic. That's a pretty great cast, actually. So um, the opening of the movie is very strong to me here in us. The like the Hands Across America opening at the, the like carnival. Yes. Um, And I think that everybody's performance here is very interesting. Uh, A lot of the, you know, I love, I love little weird details like um, the number 11 popping up so frequently and one is one and one look exactly like because they're the same number. You know, like I, I just love all that stuff. And so like little tiny details and then things like even the, um, the racist ride or not ride, but like attraction that she goes in is changed later when they come back. Yeah. Even though the inside's basically the exact same, they just slap yeah, a different name on it so that it doesn't Merlin hurt on people. It. Yeah. Um, so little things like that. I don't know. I, I find those things can add as much character to a movie as almost anything else. 
Um, which which always draws me in. Yeah, I think the opening yeah, really thirty five minutes of this movie are so strong. I really, I really, honestly think it's maybe not perfect, but it's like a nine point five out of ten mm. for the first hour. Yeah, we get to we watch uh, Tim Heidecker and uh, Elizabeth Moss's family die. We watch mm-hmm. their doubles arrive. That's at like the one hour mark. That's about at the midpoint of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I really think the first half of this movie is unbelievably strong. Yeah. I agree with that. I like everything in that house, actually. Like all the way through that whole house. All the way through uh, those doubles as well. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's pretty good. Because that's when we get the conversation when they steal their Range Rover. (laughs) Does this mean we get their car? Yeah. (laughs) Even like the overhead shot of the family going off to like a home, like the the landscape mm-hmm. shot of the car on the highway, which is yeah. totally The Shining. Yeah. Um, all the homage was like super on point in that first hour too. Yeah, I agree. It really feels like, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on the ending of it, but it feels like we're kind of all feeling that energy. Like it feels like this is a really, really well-written, well-produced, well-directed homage to classic horror and kind of B-movie vibes of like, there's this unknowable slasher monster after us. Sure. And then at the very end- Kind of misses the it point. Sort of, it tries to take the turn into being like, actually, it was about class the whole time. It was like, no, I, I got that. Okay, so I I'm I disagree only slightly because I think that it- uh, You're going to say, duh. I, I know this isn't what you're saying. I just want to be very clear. I think it's about class the whole time it's the side-mouthed whisper that the movie feels the need to do at the end. Right, right, right. That frustrates me. Right. No, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't need you to tell me it was about that. Like, I, I pretty, that's pretty clear. The metaphor is pretty clear. You don't have to. I think it, it uh, makes itself murky when I get bogged down with like, okay, so this was like a Cold War experiment to control people yeah. up top with clones of themselves because the soul is tied between two people. So what they could make the bottom ones do what the top ones do, but it didn't work. So they abandoned it and just left all the clones. But then how are there clones of kids, you know? Yeah, this might be spicy. I think it falls into the same trap at the end that Stranger Things has fallen into. (laughs) You're only saying that because I said the word Cold War. Get out. Well, genuinely, the first season of Stranger Things, this unknowable monster from quite literally a parallel world uh, that is appears to be underneath us. This unknowable monster from the upside down is terrorizing us and stalking us, and we have to stop it. And then Stranger Things 2 and 3 are like, actually, it's an experiment by Russian scientists. It was in the first one, to, too. I'm saying that's fine, but leaning into, like, trying to explain every, like, we wanted to use the upside down for this, and it's this, and, like, giving it a bunch of rules. I hear you. Feels, feels like the sequelizing of a really solid premise that we need to milk more story out of. It... It works for me in Stranger Things for a variety of reasons that aren't present here in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I I do, I definitely see the similarities. 100%. The other similarities that I see are uh, similar to every episode we've ever done. It's time for shout announcements. Welcome to shout announcements. This is part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Yeehaw. Okay. I was just waiting for the yeehaw. It felt appropriate. Yeah. Sorry. I, I knew I got to finish with. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you enjoy our podcast, pay us. I mean, it's as simple <laughs> as that. We have two tiers of Patreon. We have a $3 tier that gives you an extra vote uh, and gives you extra episodes. Then we have a $5 tier 
that gives you that super extra filtered drip caffeine full <clears throat> Discord channel. I don't know. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a community that you get to have with a bunch of people that love movies as much as you know we love movies. Um, and if you don't even really listen to us much, just look at our library. It's over 350 episodes now of us talking about movies, which is at least, <clears throat> you know, 200 hours of us. I'm kidding. <laughs> and and that is a threat. Bad. That is a threat. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would love to have you in, in that community, especially as we're getting ready to do Box Office Ball Season 2, which will begin at the beginning of 2022. And so we've got some stuff set up. This one is like, uh, I think it's I'm like gonna, the box office ball. The first it one, is the box the office. The box office, we did the was, ball. The first one we did was box office ball when it was just us. And now that it's everybody, it's like, it's the box office ball. The, yeah. 20, totally 2022 reboot. box office, two ball. Two, two box, two, two office ball. Yeah. Um, but that'll be coming soon. And I'm pretty sure at this point, we're just going to leave it wide open again like we did in season one, which either is going to mean one, one <laughs> we're going to have one league that is going to have, you're going to have to do some big time draft research Ooh. because there might be more than 20 teams in there. Or we'll do a couple of leagues, but I, th- I think I'm feeling one super league. And so it'll, wow. it'll be tough. That draft is going to be challenging. <laughs> going to be very stressful. So all that is there, go for it. $3 or $5, it's up to you. Something that is going to be totally free to you is to listen next week when we review Eternals. Uh, We're all going to see that in the theater where the big screens are that we missed for a long time, but now we're going back to it. Uh, So we'll be watching Eternals and reviewing that next week. We'd love it if you would take a listen to that. And speaking and speaking of Marvel, it's me Doge. I'm Doge, and I there's no, I'm a cool guy and definitely not a nerd. I've made a point to say that over many weeks. I'm definitely not a nerd, except for listen to me talk about Spider Man so hard. You've never heard anybody talk this aggressively about a fictional man before, and it's gonna get crazy <laughs> up in the here. And I know everything because I'm not a nerd. I'm a cool guy. We're doing Spider-Man after Eternals. Our, we're wrapping this, up wait, is the this, year. Is this Jordan now? Is, is Jordan there? Can I talk to Jordan? Always has been. We're wrapping up our year. We're going out strong. All Spider-Man all the way. Uh, we're gonna, you might say we're going out swinging. <gasps> on a web. Wow. There's that cool skater boy energy I've been looking for. <laughs> Um, we're gonna hit every live action Spider Man, uh, and 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 maybe maybe a little non live action Spider Man. Ooh, potentially dead action, dead Spider Man, dead action Spider Man. Well, um, <laughs> spoilers, I guess. But yeah, we are so excited. Um, we're gonna do all the Spider Man movies leading up to uh, No Way Home. You got it. I know. It's the right home one. I know what they are. You it's Doge it. that didn't know what they are. I know what they are. Oh, that's true. See, I've got so much other Spider-Man knowledge. <laughs> no room. No this room. Big, Can't beautiful really gray matter of mine. <laughs> it's so wrinkly. Your brain. It's, there's so many crinkles and wrinkles. Every single wrinkle, though, has a little filled, bit of Spider-Man in Spider-Man. <laughs> so, yeah, tune in. You're going to love it. Or your money back. That's not true. 
Yeah, we'll give you all the money that you spend on listening to the free episodes of our podcast. We will reimburse you if you don't enjoy it. You know what? That's fair. Unless you paid for like a podcatcher premium app, then we're not going to do that. Uh, Not that. I'm going to go ahead and super pump because I'm I'm realizing that us is difficult to talk about. It's quite hard. It's a tough movie to talk about because it's so um, because we get we get chased by our copies and then we explain what happened and we don't any of us much like the explaining part. And we love the chase by our copy part, but it's hard to talk about chase by our copy. My super pump for Jordan Peele's Us is Lupita. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Like, incredible. It might be the most lukewarm take yeah. in the history of our nobody, podcast. Nobody is Lupita, like... Lupita Nyong'o is an incredible actor. Yeah, nobody is like, what? You like her? <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> uh, man, her... Her mannerisms, the way she is afraid, the way she fears for her kids, the way she plays red, so menacing and creepy and that voice. Um, mm. Man, she's unbelievable. Um, she's always good. I don't think I've ever been disappointed by a Lupita performance, but particularly yeah. here, she is just unreal. Um, and I am a huge, yeah. huge fan of her performance in Us. I think that she is one of the ingredients that elevates this beyond what could have been a weird mess. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And uh, this movie, if in my opinion, if you don't watch it for any other reason, is completely worth the uh, hour and 50 minute runtime just to watch her do her thing here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so surprised at, well, maybe I'm not, uh, but the Academy had no love for... No, for this movie, no, uh, at all, uh, and uh, either I guess that was a strong year in other movies, or uh, the Academy was influenced by the critiques or the people that said how much it was not Get Out because Get Out was a big deal for horror. We've already talked about that. Uh, we talked about it last year during Chunktober when we actually reviewed Get sure. Out, uh, and then we talked about it again this year. That really Oscar acclaim didn't start happening much. Uh, it comes in big waves, right? There's always pretty good horror movies out. Uh, but yeah, to, to have Jordan Peele not have any kind of nomination for this movie, right. I, th- yeah. I bring it up after we talk about Lupita because you would think at least she'd get some sort of I mean, a she, nod I here. I thought she would get something. her heart yeah. out yeah. here. Yeah. I the little ways, right the little the ways that, that downstairs Lupita, the real downstairs Lupita, starts to bleed through into upstairs Lupita. Mm-hmm. Uh like especially during the climax of this movie when they're actually fighting each other. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. really really great. That like whole scene that sh- they're seen together down in the the tunnels where it's like almost that dance and it's set to that five on it slowed down remix. Yep. It's really good. It's so good. I forget there's that it's not actually two of her. <laughs> like she's acting opposite a body double. Yeah. It's very parent trap. It's very Lindsay yeah. Lohan parent trap. Yeah, which is you know funny you say that Lindsay Lohan was initially the the first choice to play. <laughs> I did read that. Yeah, I have to say this. You said that that Lupita's like the the reason to watch this movie. Uh, if nothing else, watch it for her. And that got me thinking: if we ever did uh, Lupita Nyong'o series, we'd probably still end up talking about this movie, and we would have to call that one "Take Another Lupita My Heart Now, Baby." And oh. I think that would be a great name for a series, but maybe not a good joke for right here on our podcast, but I just have to say it. It's good that it's out there. 
It exists. You just had to get it out there. I, you know, one of my favorite I was gonna things feel, that I was we gonna all feel do. Like I, I was going to feel sick just if I didn't say in that. Puns I love, I love that all of us have this tendency to be like, I'm not going to say this, but this is what I would say if I was going to say it. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> this is not me officially saying this. I'm not going to make a terrible joke, but here's the terrible joke I would make if I had if no I were impulse to, control. Though, let me tell you about If it. I were going to make this joke right now, it would go a little something like this. I'm going to I'm going to bring us uh, a blast from the past. Okay. Uh, it's time for a, a little bit of I Am Doo trivia. <gasps> Yay. This movie has some, um, in the goofs section on IMDb, it has what I can only assume is one user of this website who was furious <laughs> at this movie. <laughs> 36 of 70 found this interesting. The tethered are depicted as spiteful and vengeful. So why aren't they hunting down the government scientists who created and abandoned them? They're attacking innocent people whose only crime is not knowing their clones existed. But the tethered are not very bright. And Red, who set up their mission, has an element of religious fanaticism. It is not based on rationality. Jeez. <laughs> Pretty obviously. That's a goof, huh? Here's another goof. 59 of 83. Tethered presumably can die of old age and other natural causes or of blunt force accidents caused by inconvenient movements of their upper world analogs. Who removes the corpses and prevents disease from rapidly spreading through tethered land? But... So we're laughing at that goof. I, I will say if this movie kept it vague, that question would never exist. That's true. Yep. How is Red able to contact every single tethered across America to plan an attack on the country? The tunnels they live in do not seem to have any forms of long-distance communication. The tethered live on the meat of rabbits provided for them. Since the tethered are too stupid to understand cooking procedures, they would eat them raw, resulting in mass food poisoning. Furthermore, what do the rabbits live on? There are never any botanical or hydroponic gardens depicted in tethered land. Jeez. And rabbits are notorious for eating more than nature can provide. I was actually reading about this. If you eat only rabbit, it's a unique medical condition called rabbit starvation, which is where you get too much of the minerals that are in rabbit. For real? Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's, just, it's amazing that the, this dude was able to write all of these goofs considering that he had to step to over Smeagol? all of his pocket protectors. <laughs> Here's the For thing, real. though. This person is just, just sort of formalizing and writing down the kinds of things we were all thinking through the first half sure, of this episode of our podcast. Sure. And, and I agree with that. The specificity is what's catching me here a little bit. Like it seems totally. like it seems like the overall argument is kind of what we're saying. When you get really um when you spell out what's going on, it invites questions about what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. When you don't yeah. spell it out, anything's possible. So we would be we would be sitting here going, well, that's a dumb question. It doesn't matter. But because yeah. it has been shown to matter, now we're like, well, he's got a point. Yeah, he's got a really yeah. good point. I do love the continued use of tethered land. I don't know if that's something that this movie, it, like extracurricular texts about this movie call it tethered land, but that totally sounds like a tetherball themed theme park, which oh I would gosh. totally go to. 
No. I've only played tetherball twice and I got hit in the head both times. We had tetherball it, on the on the playground in elementary school. And I was a tetherball fiend. For real. That's amazing. Yeah. I loved it. I loved Well, he's such a sports fan, it's um, not surprising. Do you see these muscles? They didn't come from the they're they, didn't come from, they didn't come from the iron church. No. I got these out on the tether streets. On the amazing. tether court. I think I'm trying to think of why Peel felt like we needed to know much so much about tethered land. And I guess it could be because he wanted to make sure that Red had an audience for that dance to to, to have some kind mm-hmm. of like communal decision to make her essentially the savior, you know? Yeah. But even then, I don't think we need the whole world or at least all of America to have someone on the upside down. Right. I don't know. And that might just be going like cutting up his attempts at symbolism and I don't know. But let it be symbolism then. Don't let it be literal. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to cut it up unless you tell us that there are pieces to take out of it. Yeah. With all the literal stuff though, it it is a big part of my super pump. Okay. And I just loved the final scene. I really, really liked the final scene of seeing that line of people yeah. Just stretching so far. Um, I think it was just like imagined and shot so well with just like smoke far in the distance. Uh, this feeling of really the world is kind of probably over for. Yeah, right. Like I really think this family is going to die eventually. Um, it, it, it's either that or it becomes, you know, a, a, a left for dead movie. Right. You know, yeah. it's like all, all, you're you're the only people left that aren't zombies essentially right. yeah um but i love the last scene i think it was great with the music in the background and very faintly showing that red line that was going all across the country mm-hmm. yeah i dug i dug that much yeah that was That's that was cool. cool that felt unique and something that would go down as like what is what what represents this movie i, I keep thinking of the minimal minimalist poster uh that i had yeah. and it just feels like a little red line of People hand in hand would be yeah. what represents us, or like a paper chain of but. people. Yeah, yeah, probably the scissors would be my guess. A pair of gold scissors yeah. cutting a paper chain of people. Yeah. yeah, the imagery was super cool. Like I love the reason for scissors because it's essentially mirrored images of two halves that have that opportunity to like cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that all of them have an item at the end, essentially that they used for killing bad people, mm-hmm. yeah. and they, it felt like super. Most of it felt like super Caucasian things to have in your hand, like a putter and uh, uh, <laughs> like the rock. Yeah, the, like geode. Uh, oh, yeah. Geode. Yeah. Well, they, that's a Chewbacca mask that he's wearing, right? Yes. Gotta be. That's yeah. gotta be a Chewbacca mask that I think they painted so they didn't have to pay Disney. Right. It's mm-hmm. definitely a Chewbacca mask. Um, yeah, this, the twins, the twin daughters were very good mm-hmm. at being spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is uh, love that we incorporated some gymnastics. Yeah, that, yeah, like the flipping around is is spooky dooky. Yeah. And I, I didn't like it, but I I appreciate mm. it. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's a difference there. I didn't like it, but I appreciated it. I think this movie, what we're finding in our discussion, and it's not it's not something I expected, because because it sort of begins to rip and tear at the end with over-explanation, it takes away our ability to talk about it because there's no conjectures to be made. Right, exactly. 
There's no, but there's also not enough of an explanation to talk about. Like I think Get Out does this really well. Right. Like if we, I, I think there's a version of Get Out that we watch. Uh, you know, we watch the different victims of this family disappear into this back room and they come out and they're different. Mm -hmm. And we never know what happened. And then we talk forever and ever and ever about what is happening to these people. Mm -hmm. And then we have our version of Get Out that we know from our timeline where we are very, very overt about it's this brain, this experimental brain swapping surgery that works because the mom hypnotizes them and puts them under and mm -hmm. then they swap their brains out. And like, that's enough explanation that it, I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's completely impossible, but it makes sense from a fictional perspective. To go, we can talk about it. Sounds good. Yeah. And we can buy into the whole premise and talk all about it. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't ask questions that if we answer them would break the rest of the story. Sure. And I think this just falls right in the middle of that. Yeah, I agree. Yep, I agree. And it's it's a little bit it's a little bit of a bummer. And I stand by once again. It's my third time saying it. I stand by that this movie is not a six point four like IMDb says. No, it no, um, or six point eight rather. Um, but yeah, it just it's a shame that it had to come out after Get Out. But I don't think it exists without Get Out happening. So. It's a real, it's a real conundrum. This movie has put me in, um, mm -hmm. but it is, it is time to rate it using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect and as follows: the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that, that poster. poster. <laughs> the next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. The first half of this movie is not enough for me to buy mm -hmm. it. It's a rent for me. Um, and there is a part of me that is such a Jordan Peele homer that I want to just will it to a buy as if I have some kind of influence on whether or not someone's going to go watch Nope. Right. Um, but I, I just can't do that. With my own personal experience with this movie, it is it is just a rent. No. Um, and were it not for the first half, who knows? I mean, I don't think it would be a rent. Mm -hmm. I think the first half of this movie, I think that's part of the thing that is disappointing us collectively is there was so much unnecessary there. The promise of the first half you never really, is never quite yeah, We never really fulfilled. feel like talking about like, I don't think we ever come to a consensus that's like, well, if you just dumbed it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. The, prom the promise is greater than the prestige. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm going to rent it for the exact same reasons. Um, I think the, the premise itself, I think is better than the movie it ends up being. Yeah. I think a family at their beach house who is stalked by exact copies of themselves only to realize everyone in the world is being stalked by exact copies of themselves. That's a fantastic premise. Yeah. And then I think the execution of it is like, I, I don't know. It, it feels like, uh, honestly, it feels like the Star Wars prequels in a way where it's like, you've done this, this great, respected, respectable thing and so I'm not going to tell you no or to workshop that idea a little more. Uh, and so you you have a blank check, uh, but also nobody to give you advice on how to spend it. And so a creator left to create in a vacuum and nobody really willing to push back in collaboration, I think never, never results in the best work. 
Yeah. It also feels like I've been watching a lot of Top Chef. And so it's like someone presenting their meal before the judges. And if they would have just said, you know, this is blank and then let them eat it, we're good. But they were so descriptive about the process of making it and why they went to this certain garden to pick this certain herb because it's perfect to do that. They've said that so long, the food is cold. And so the experience (laughs) is completely different. I have watched, so I'm a big Holiday Baking Champion fan. It starts on Monday. I'm pretty excited about it. On Holiday Baking Champion, I have watched multiple people back themselves into a corner by explaining, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, them being like, and it's got, it's blah, 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 and this. And then they could stop talking, but instead they go, and I I decided to add a marshmallow cream layer. And then the judges, the marshmallow cream, not part of the assignment. They didn't have to put it. Yeah. And then the judges fail them because they can't taste the marshmallow. And it's like, if you just hadn't said it. The people who are like, here's a peach cobbler that I made you. And they're like, this is a bread pudding. This is absolutely a bread pudding. Why did you tell me it's a peach cobbler? <laughs> it's it's maybe the best bread pudding I've ever had. Yeah. But you told me it was but peach cobbler. But it's the worst peach yeah. cobbler. Well, yeah. and I'm, not, I'm not even meaning that. I'm meaning these guys that put in an ingredient for extra taste and then mention it. It's like, shut up, let them enjoy it. Because now they're mad that it's not there. That's yeah. the explanation yeah. of this movie. I think movie. that's exactly it. I have, uh, I've actually talked myself into a, almost a lower rating than I was coming in with for this yeah. movie. As we've talked about it, this is almost a stream. No, you know what? This is a stream for me. Yeah. Mm. It's a high stream. It's a high stream, but it, it, this is a stream it for me. Um, it just, I can't ignore the first hour to give the back hour a boost. You know? Yeah. The juxtaposition. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear you guys talk about this movie because when I, I watched it the first time and I was like, I don't think that's as good as Get Out. I don't think oh, I yeah. like that as much. I And like, I mean, I know we're allowed to talk about, like I could call you guys. We could talk about a movie without <laughs> microphones. <laughs> but something about having it like official, formalized, official that we're all like, I don't know yeah. that the end hangs together. It makes me feel like there's not something wrong with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I still, I like... <laughs> I like us. I don't dislike us. And I still, I liked it the first time I watched it. I have always thought Get Out was better. I don't think that is a controversial position to take on this movie. No. I think it is one of those that the more you talk about it, the more you realize that- There's nothing there. Yeah. It's enjoyable to watch, but it's it's like cotton candy. Then you're not going to get full from that. Right. You know? Yeah. Gosh, food metaphors. Really rolling. That's all we ever do. Right Killing it though. I mean, it's why really, not? That's really all we rolling. ever do. We're, we're really sort of like donuts in that way. Tune in next week as we talk about the how, Eternals. How, how, how are we like donuts? If you don't get it. I want it, you to finish that. If you don't get no, it, No, I want you to finish it. If you don't no, I want you to finish it, it, then we're just not on Is the Is it a Knives Out reference? No, you can't <laughs> yeah. cop out. You can't cop out. I need you to explain to me how we are like donuts. It's like a, it's like a hole inside of another hole. <laughs> And inside is a smaller hole. Look, I, Josh, I don't want to embarrass I've, you anymore in front of our listeners about you not understanding that perfect. Have metaphor. I told you guys about my idea that I really want to pitch to nothing bunt cakes? No. <clears throat> I want to. Uh, so, bunt cakes, like I want to, the little hole that they cut out of the middle of them sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? To like stuff or whatever, to put, put the sure. cream or the fruit uh, puree in them. Uh-huh. You need to cook those and sell them as bunt holes. <laughs> okay I'm in I liked it a lot <laughs> if you couldn't tell here live I like that a lot can you imagine rolling up to a party like a, a Thanksgiving party in a couple of weeks hey I've got four dozen bunt holes right here <laughs>
I'm in. I'm in. I love it. That's pretty good. Eternals next week. (laughs) Followed by Spider-Man. Spider-Man. (laughs) Spider-Man. It's going to be great. This will be my first time to watch any of them. Isn't that That's crazy? so crazy. He's never even heard That's of Spider-Man real. before. I can't wait for There's you to find out There's actually a couple of these. I don't think I've seen any of the Andrew Garfield ones. Really? Yeah. I just can't imagine a cat in a like, <laughs> saving New York. Spider-Man's it's always the like, lasagna. I hate Mondays. The lasagna really gets in the way of all the crime fighting. <laughs> Fights normal. Oh. His nemesis. To end today's episode. <laughs> That's the end of Chunktober 2, by the way. We did it. Not not with a bang, but with a whimper. That's true. Oh. Next year. <laughs> next year, let's I love put when together we poop on the things everyone is most excited about. <laughs> let's put together a list of movies we want to talk about and then let them vote on us. No, so I don't I'm glad we talked about us. Ari asked. I'm I'm very glad. No, I am too. I'm very glad us made it in. I'm too. This is you a guys, series. If you're listening and you voted, you made the right choice. If you're listening and you didn't vote, you didn't make the right you didn't choice. Make the wrong choice. I made the wrong choice, in fact. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name and what activity that our tethered would have to mimic that they, from our lives, that they would have a difficult time doing. For Two Chunks and Honk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I drink so many sparkling waters and burp so frequently that I feel like they would just be swallowing air and giving themselves a tummy ache at all times. Mm. And my tether Mm -hmm. would just, he would develop language specifically to be like, why? Do this. Why spicy water? <laughs> Burn. I'm Dosh. Uh, down in Tethered Land, they seem to have no form of technology. Except for and lights. So, fluorescent lights. Except for lights and elevators or escalators maintained for years and years that and years. That only go down. That only go down. Um, but if you kind of took a bird's eye view of what I'm doing right now, I'm sitting facing the corner in my office. <laughs> like I'm probably three feet away from the wall talking into a computer. And I, w- I would look like a crazy person if you if you took uh, all my tech away. And so my poor tethered is just going to spend <laughs> at least one morning a week for several hours talking sitting into very close stick. to a wall and talking straight at it. I'm Carter, and I'm interested in a, a very similar scenario, except not the hours and hours, but just that 10 to 15 seconds of the mini Monday intro. I'm just imagining, <laughs> like, grunting, harmonizing. It's already hard enough when— I was about to say, we've probably had some of that. Just take a <laughs> dig back. We to basically have. <laughs> oh. And that's the end of a podcast episode. Did you say that's a blow pop? Yeah, listen, there's a commercial. There's a blow pop commercial that I am the only one on earth that remembers. I try and I, I reference it all don't the time. Whatever I have doing. no idea and what you're talking so about. It's so funny. And all these kids are like, that's a blow pop. Anyways. No. This hall's no, still in the episode. Yeah, that's not a blow pop. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.